It's like right at your breast. This is. <laughs> okay. six times yeah you're welcome yes. world you're i don't know which one to look at world <laughs> yeah you're welcome worlds. all the worlds i like to think that in all the the universes that we could possibly be in we found each other and we're making the ghouls in some way in every single one yes in Better every single me. one <laughs> yeah otherwise i'm gonna find that one that's me being a <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if uh, you don't gather from what I just said in the words, is that for our what episode? We're talking about parallel universes. Yeah, you know the multiples of us that exist. The multiverse. So many multiples, just like endless. Yeah. Non-whispering. It's endless. <laughs> it's endless. Yes. All the universes. There we just exist in minute differences and different shirt colors or I don't know we wore our hair differently that day or yeah. we didn't get on the bus on time so we weren't late for work or I don't know or you know. we we got on the train so we made it home early and then you can see that your boyfriend's cheating on you mm -hmm. and then you change your whole life is that just it's what Gwyneth, happened? No, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Doors. I didn't do that. <laughs> not, I didn't do that. No. But, like, yeah, th there could be minute differences. Like, maybe we didn't go on the Tribbles episode and we never met the loves of our lives. That's the worst universe ever. <laughs> That's the worst universe. Maybe you didn't put out a Craigslist ad. Okay, but, like, all right, hypothetically speaking... If the universe exists and us going on to the triples that one time is what triggered the coronavirus. Oh no! <laughs> it's. I don't well. know. I don't. I don't know if there's any science to it, but what if? Like it was a butterfly effect? Yeah. Like maybe the first time we didn't, but then we knew. And so we went back in time and we changed it. That's next episode. All I'm saying is, <laughs> is that cat. I'm just a Berenstain girl living in a Berenstain world. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be for... Is there everyone where it's Berenstain? Yeah, that's the Steen. Berenstain. But ah. now in this world, it's Berenstain. I hate that. Right? It's not real. Like, that's not what I remember. It was the Berenstain Bears or Berenstain Bears. Right? It, it wasn't. Either. Apparently. It was one of those two. Apparently, it was, it was not. Apparently that's a lie. Well, so, my parents couldn't read. Yeah. So they read it wrong. <laughs> no, I don't know. And that's just how I understand. Yeah. I, the, the Mandela effect, or one of the most popular parallel universe theories uh, out there, is like my favorite conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. And we definitely will have to do a whole episode on it because it's wild. 
I think it's crazy. What's it called? The Mandela effect. Oh, because of Nelson Mandela? Yeah, it's that there's two there's people who remember him dying earlier than he had. Mm. And there that's one of the instances we say indicate that we're from a different universe. And at some point they like clashed, but there's all these little differences. Am I from a different universe? Because whenever I mention the PBS kids show Sagwa, no one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sagwa? That's like how I felt about Allegra's window. Mm. No one watched Allegra's window. I don't know what that is. See, maybe. <laughs> maybe you're not my cat. percent cat you know the cat that you've known and loved for 106 episodes so you know that's a fun fact yeah yeah definitely um i don't know why you, you felt like you had to point it out but <laughs> i agree i just feel like if it wasn't me i would be acting weird about it so and that's not what's happening now right so yeah, it's fine. You know, whatever. We're doing the ghouls. We do the ghouls all the time. And I'm here to talk to you about parallel universes. The thing, like, we don't know if it's real. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do we? Do they exist? <laughs> That's the question we want to answer. I don't know. Um, and, you know, before I get into my section, I would like to thank the physicist, Brian Green. You don't know him, probably, unless you're really into physics. I know a Brian Greene, but it's not this one. I was not really into physics before this episode. I'm not in either now, but <laughs> I just want to say, like, I learned a little bit. That's I'm good. I'm going to that to you. So, Brian Greene said, yes. Uh, on an NPR special, it was uh, Fresh Air, which I remember I used oh, to listen yes. to with my grandpa Terry when I was Gross, in the car. Uh, and also with our friend Will. Um, but on fresh air, they always this is talk titled, like this. Yeah, really breathy. Yeah, and just like pleasant. This is what fresh news is. Air. Yeah, it's fresh. Uh, it's fresh. Which is <laughs> like where you get here at the goals. <laughs> fresh air. <laughs> You're welcome. So it's called a physicist explains why parallel universes may exist. Really just says Concise. everything that I'm going to say. So, Brian, you know, my main man. Yes. Says, in a way that nine hours of a workday cat can understand, he said words. It was the first thing I'd read where I was like, oh, okay, that is easy to read. Yeah. That is not an entire article of science words. And numbers. Thrown at me that make no sense to me after a nine-hour workday. Yeah. This guy just told me how it was. Super easy and you're welcome. So he says, our universe might be really, really big, but finite. Or it might be infinitely big. Both cases are possible. But if the latter is true, as in that they're infinitely big, uh, so is this. There are only so many ways that matter can arrange itself within an infinite universe. Eventually, matter has to repeat itself and arrange itself in similar ways. So if the universe is infinitely large, it is also home to infinite parallel universes. Makes sense. So kind of like in our last episode, where it was like, 
it's possible. You know, maybe. We can't say it's yes or it's no. Yeah. This they actually, like, have ways to test if it's possible or not. It's yeah. just kind of really complicated. <laughs> really complicated. Yeah. And there's a lot of I know things. you're my cat because we stumbled over words. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> This is my evidence. This is like that theory where they're like, if you put like a hundred monkeys in a room with a typewriter over like a million timelines or whatever, Mm -hmm. that eventually they'll write a Shakespeare tragedy, I think. (laughs) Like it was like, but the odds are that at some point they'll all, all the words that were used would end up in the same sequence. Like if there's an infinite amount of possibilities. Yeah. Then that could happen. No, that checks out. Is what it, I think. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. Um, so basically, the idea is, if it's finite, then you know we don't have multiple parallel universes because the universe can like stop at some point, potentially a reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, big crunch. Yeah, the big crunch. <laughs> um, then you have the idea where it's like inflation is a thing. So it's expanding at a certain rate. It reaches a like plateau where it calms down for a minute, which is mm-hmm. where we are now. Yeah. And then we'll hit a point where it rapidly goes expands. again, expands or I guess crunches. deflates. I guess you crunches or inflate. That makes more sense where it rapidly inflates again or um, deflates. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but that might not be right. I think what you said was right. Gotcha. Um, So basically, if the universe is infinite, there's infinite possibilities and universes and versions of ourselves having varying differences that could be minimal or very largely impactful upon us. Reality is a little more interesting in that scenario because it's like, yeah, that's likely that we're never going to interact with that other version of us yeah well, we don't know like, yeah there, there's a possibility that an event could trigger such an action of universes interacting with each other according to science like the mandela effect yeah i'm in the wrong timeline oops the worst timeline yeah and then like your boyfriend who loved you doesn't love you anymore and it's sad okay, so i guess that's, i guess this isn't the worst yeah right we have nice ones that's fine we didn't <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't, didn't regret the these ones. We didn't murder the bad version nice, of us. So nice, we can have the good nice boyfriends. Yeah. We murdered nice version of us to get nice boyfriends. No. No. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> so this idea is that they won't touch each other. Instead, they just exist parallel to each other. And he also explains that like in the fact that they would be infinitely expanding, if you take like that there is only a certain amount of matter that can exist within that space, like types of matter. So essentially if it's finite and there's other ones that exist outside of it, the matter that they have could be completely different because it's not touching ours. But if the idea is that it's infinite, it goes on forever, there's only, and the laws of physics as they are in this universe exist as they do, that it would have to create copies. And like, so he uses an example of a deck of cards where if you had one deck of cards and that was all the matter that you could use in the interview universe and you had to shuffle them into various patterns to get whatever you're going to get for the universe eventually the amount of times that you do that you would get one that was the same as one before yeah maybe with one card different slightly different which is one decision that was made in opposite way yeah or a coin flip 
Yes. Yes, instead of no. I don't know. So it's interesting how this develops because if you think about that and we add in math and science and we try to like mush it all together, a lot of uh, the theories around like quantum mechanics and the theory of relativity or something like that, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, they contradict with each other. So essentially the theory of quantum physics is about things that are really small. It's quantum is talking about like the atom and atoms are small. Mm -hmm. It's you quantum mechanics deals with small things and totally makes sense in describing how small things operate. Where like the other one is about big things and is basically Einstein and Apple. I'm not a scientist. We say this every episode. I'm a historian. So the idea is there's like many possibilities to whether your universe can exist. Yeah. Uh, there's the idea. So if we had infinite universes, we have bubble universes. I got this from space.com, which I thought was a fun that seems real. website, um, which is basically the theory of multiple universes that come to internal inflation. So based on research from Tufts University cosmetologist Alexander Wilkinkin, Willinkin, when looking at space-time as a whole, some areas of space stop inflating, like the Big Bang inflated our own universe, while others keep getting larger. So if we were to picture a universe as a bubble, it's sitting in a network of bubble universes in space. What's interesting about the theory is that the universes would have different laws of physics. So that was the one I was describing. Um, oh, okay. So they exist separate from each other. So the rules within them, that's kind of like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Where when he goes to a different universe, like everything is all wacky. Yeah. They're like squid people now. Yeah. It's like, what? Or like, there's like not even really even there. And there's just a lot of other stuff happening. So it's like, there's still maybe somewhat similarities with the laws that define what How can exist yeah. are totally different in that theory there's daughter universes which i thought was really interesting because i feel like that's what we see a lot even though that's not necessarily what we hear it coined as um it's basically multiple universes can follow the theory of quantum mechanics how subatomic particles behave as part of the daughter universe theory if you follow the laws of probability it suggests that for every outcome that you come up from one of your decisions there would be a range of universes each of which saw an outcome for another version of that. So it's yeah. like Whenever every time you make a choice, Mr. You, Nobody, you see, you get to see what would have happened under that specific choice. And then yeah. that would create a whole new universe for every decision that has ever existed. Uh, and basically, one universe, you got that job that you wanted, you took it. The other one, you decided not to go. Mm-hmm. You and just so both true. exist and you see what life happens now. Yeah. Um, there's mathematical universes, which is basically whichever one you reside in, the structure is something you can describe in a way that's completely independent of human baggage, which is a theory made by Max Tagmark, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He basically believes that there is a universe out there that can exist independently independently of me and would continue to exist even if there were no humans so it's fuck, fucks us yeah. out of the whole like, we don't even matter we don't matter now anyway. <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> and then parallel universes is actually a little bit more complicated where it's essentially what from what i understand of it is that 
we exist, it kind of ties into string theory where there are two-dimensional disks that are all kind of tied together in this plane. And they are able to, they're like the same but slightly different is the understanding. It's like those are the different universes that can exist. Um, and then it kind of, because of the particle configurations, the multi the multiple universes would be limited to math numbers of certain amount of distinct possibilities. So we'd be able to like measure exactly what could exist yeah. out there. Um, and that some are the exact same as us, some of them aren't, you mm -hmm. know, but the idea is that they would be similar to us or just bust a bunch of times. For yeah. Is kind of what I got. And then I guess what we'll see a lot in the films is this idea of Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. So it's a really complicated thing. I don't know if we have time. <laughs> no, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I'm going to give you a real nice, easy explanation of Schrodinger's cat. So essentially, this is something that went into quantum mechanics that was a way of understanding things. But the guy who made it, Schrodinger presented this as like a total hypothetical scenario as a way to be like, it is so ridiculous that you think this thing could happen, which is specifically, it's a theory made by the Copenhagen interpretation, uh, which essentially is explaining, it's all very complicated. I'm just going to read it to you and then it'll make sense because it's called, the article I read, a simple explanation of Schrodinger's cat, the simplest that exists, the most simple. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of this is confusing and I don't understand. So it was from astronomate.com. Nice. And I'm very thankful for this article because otherwise I would not know. I'm learning so much already. So Schrodinger's cat experiment is... Basically a thought experiment. Something you can't ever test. It's just like, woo. Yeah. What if? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't actually get to do it. We just get to imagine it and that's fun. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's, we learn later, the team that like kind of thought it up, learned later, it's truly impossible to physically conduct Schrodinger's cat experiment, even if we wanted to. So you can't. It's forever just hypothetical. Yeah. So during the 1920s and 30s, a new scientific revolution was occurring. We realized an entire new realm existed in the smallest possible levels, quantum, so like the atom, uh, and that the study of those things is quantum physics. So Austrian physicist, physicist Enwin Schrodinger. Erwin. Erwin. I can read. Cat can read. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the idea of the experiment, this is what happens. First. Cat is placed inside a sealed box for one hour. Also inside the box are a container of radioactive material, a Geiger counter, which is the thing that detects radioactive particles, a hammer, and a container of deadly cyanide. Using the correct radioactive material allows a precisely 50-50 chance that within one hour, a single radioactive particle will be emitted. Basically, nothing about matter is certain until we observe it. That's what uh, the Copenhagen interpretation says so this process is known as the cope i just said that copenhagen interpretation of quantum physics in other words it's simply looking at matter changes what it is it changes what happens to it it's kind of like the whole like so how i interpreted it is that like if i didn't tell you the vase was there would you have knocked it over yeah 
matter changes because we look at it, our presence in this viewing of matter will change what happens. Yeah. Or what would have happened. Yeah. So what do we, what does that mean? Why does this matter? Um, they give us three bullet points easily explaining that. After one hour the ex- in the experiment box, Schrodinger's cat stands a 50-50 chance of being dead and a 50-50 chance of being alive. But with, while the cat's in the box, it is both dead and alive simultaneously, according to because the Because we haven't looked at it. Because we haven't looked at it. We have not looked at it and changed the matter within. Schrodinger's cat experiment was hypothetically used to show Schrodinger's disagreement with the Copenhagen interpretation for larger objects like a cat. So it's, if you're arguing, so remember I was saying quantum physics and the theory of relativity? Yeah. I'll find it one day. Look it up. There's a whole video. Yeah. Websites do it. Um, But it was basically like some apply totally to small things. So like Mm -hmm. quantum physics totally makes sense for quantum physics. Yeah. If you apply it to anything larger than quantum land like level yeah uh, then it, it doesn't, doesn't work like you check can't, out, yeah. it doesn't check out for big things so like so it's it really kind of, funny because it's one of those things that like pop culture just like modern thinking like is wrong because he did it as a joke oh, or not a joke like it's not what it is and so people take it to reinforce what copenhagen said but it does not so that's funny yeah, he was just like, it's so ridiculous. Why would you think that? <laughs> the cat is not alive and dead. It can't be. Like, it can't not, be both. It can't yeah. be both. But then it can't. So, yeah. So I guess it goes on to, like, influence the theory that, like, parallel universes or daughter universes exist where there's a version of you that is split by the decision of opening the box versus yeah, not. Yeah, it seems unrealistic. And here we are. That's what he's saying. I gotcha. So what does this all mean? Do parallel universes exist? Lots of people think yeah. Some people think no. But the biggest thing is that right now, we don't know. Yeah. And the only way we're going to figure it out, so there is an experiment that exists for it where you can get a very large thing that makes ex- particles smash together, uh-huh. which is interesting. Um, and we basically would have to measure the time that existed within the particle smashing together and how much energy was taken from that time. And if we did that, it would confirm the idea of string theory that we are all like kind of in these parallel universes because the matter would bounce out into space outside of the universes, suggesting that we are in this row. If you want to understand that, I think if you listen to the NPR podcast, it would maybe tell you. But uh, apparently we have the ability to figure it out. I don't don't understand it at all. Don't put a cat in a box. Yes. Don't put me in a box. That's the whole experiment. (laughs) I will escape and I will destroy everything. Just like a cat would. (laughs) I'm not going to like it. I don't want to be in there. I'm going to mess it up. It's going to be bad for everybody. (laughs) I don't understand. So we watched some things as yes. we do. Things. Yes. We watched two films. That's what we did. Hmm. 
And the Jerry Lutes too. Yeah. Two was the normal. Two things, yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first thing that we watched is Coherence from 2013. If you have not watched this movie or either movie, actually, make sure you watch them before you listen to this episode. You know the rules. But also just Spoilers. like it's a good film. Yeah, no, uh, we didn't have to save the little tagline that said, oh, this film sucked. <laughs> yeah. um, we actually like them. They were good. They were good films. They were a good time. Totally worth it. Yeah. Yes. So Coherence is directed by James Ward Bur- Burkett. Mm-hmm. Burkett. Uh, strange things begin to happen when a group of friends gather for a dinner party on an evening when a comet is passing overhead. So that is the basic description, which is like when I watched it, I didn't really know anything about it the first time. Mm-hmm. Like we, because we watch these things now, like we kind of know because it's just like, wait, what is this for? And then we're like, oh, I guess there's gonna be like time travel or something, you know? Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for it. What I thought was not as long ago as it was, I did not realize it was from 2013 when I was like, this is about a new film. I remember that. Like we said we wanted to see it, but then I never remember us going to it. Like yeah. I don't know it. It was very good. Yeah. I was lovely surprised. It, uh, yeah, it is great. It's it's definitely one of my favorite, like, movies. And it's like, I don't really love sci-fi, which we found from doing this, but I do really love time travel and, like, trippy stuff. Like, that's, that's sci-fi. Great. I love um, I just don't like the action-y, like, their guns and fighting. I don't know. It's just, I'm sorry. Um, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> ones that are like, you know, where you're like, what's going on? What's real? Am I real? I love those. Um, <laughs> and it has, le- this one doesn't have any guns in it. So, yeah, well, well <laughs> uh, there was one. There was? Yeah, in the car. There was a gun? Oh, I'm wrong. No, she had a, she had a ring in the car. It was a book. Oh, the book. Yeah, there's no gun. There's no gun. False, false. Cat. Uh, <laughs> you're allowed to be wrong too, I guess. I watched a different movie. Um, yeah, so when I watched it the first time, I watched it pretty sure by myself, just like because it, it's just a film that no one else would watch with me. And I was like, this seems interesting. And I watched it and then I immediately watched it again after going on this like Reddit black hole of like what the filmmaker did with it. So like mm. the, how it was made in itself. And then there was all like the threads where it's like this one is this and this one is that. And I was like, what? I got to watch this again. I mean, like in two nights, in one night, watched it two times. I was thinking, I was like, 2013, why wouldn't we watch it? And I was like, oh, we didn't know each other yet. <laughs> it was like a few, way few years before we even knew each other. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just enjoyed, like, all the little Easter eggs and the ways that, like, um, they were improvising, but also things were very, like, intricately woven in there. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like when you learn about how the making of it is, it feels like one of my favorite things, which is murder mystery parties. Mm. And, like, I hosted one of those. Yes, you did. <laughs> in our apartment. And it was, uh, it was fun because everyone got their roles, and then they had to, like, uh, kind of play up that character and act like that person did and then things would happen through that the night that people weren't expecting or well i mean you know murder is going to happen uh but like 
how like some people know things and some people don't mm-hmm. and blah, blah blah and I just like I love those things I am a sucker <laughs> for those things so uh the fact that there's an entire film like gave me life like invigorated me so uh essentially in the making of this each day instead of getting a script these actors were giving a page of notes about their character so like they didn't really have it. they oh, didn't wow. know what was going to happen. There's this is not scripted in any way. There's actually like a 12 page like uh that's like really not cool. even like a script, like just like a general like outline of what uh the director wanted to happen that he had been working on for years and then he just gives these people their their scripts. They have no understanding or idea of what the other characters are going to get. And Mm. so this was all so they can get this really natural, honest, like, reaction from them. Uh, And it was really like an exercise in them listening to one another. Yes, anding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And getting engaged in a mystery, which is really like a lot of really funny things happen because of it. Um, So uh, there's like. An instance where the director says that, um, he says that, in fact, at one point when two of the characters leave and come back to the house and the other actors wouldn't let them in, they were too freaked out. My rule is to not interfere too much if they had an organic instinct. But after 45 minutes of this intense standoff at the door, I finally had to say, guys, you have to let them in. Otherwise, otherwise the story is not going to go. They were so so freaked out uh, and just trying to figure out the puzzle. So it naturally led to conflicts and a real heightened sense of tension uh but he said that the actors would leave really energized um and they were just like on fire from this like cool exciting experience that like they didn't know what work was going to be you know like they didn't know who they were going to be what it was going to be like and you get that like high from like saying a good joke and knowing it was good and then like seeing how everyone else bounces off it's like a real cool camaraderie thing i feel like when you really vibe well with someone that you kind of back and forth yeah. That's cool. And like, you know, as someone who has done improv, like, I totally love when you kind of toss an idea out there and someone's like, yeah, and then like, mm-hmm. they like enforce it. And it isn't just like, like, you just feel like it, it's legit. And there's some really like no, nothing is scripted. So there's some really good conversations. And like, there are pieces <laughs> that are obviously like woven in there on purpose. But a lot of it does seem like uh, just genuinely them being their character, which is great. Yeah. Um, like, for example, of like, how things are kind of influenced. Um there's a scene, there's a part where Kevin, the character Kevin, is trying to leave the house by himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, M, the, the, our main character that we're watching, mm-hmm. refuses lady. to let him leave. Like, she's, like, dramatic about it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to let you leave. And he's just like, what the? So Kevin, or the actor Maury, uh, had received a note that said, you need to leave. And she had received a note that said, do not let him leave. Wow. So it was like them. And then, you know, finally he relented. Right. But it was like she because that whole scene does feel really desperate. Like she really is like, yeah, I can't. Like, he's so annoyed. He's just like, Ugh, you. Yeah. I want to uh, go outside and get switched. <laughs> Why do you care so much about it? Yeah. Uh, uh, according to like essentially like all the, the things that happen. So like there's a blackout, there's knocks on the door, there's all kind of thumps, there's all these things that none of them knew were going to happen. So they all oh. respond very organically. Yeah. And according to Emily, uh, the actress, 
as her name is actually Emily, uh, after the first mysterious thumping on the door to nowhere, which is referenced, uh, <laughs> the actors were both scared and very excited about the story that was unfolding. Of course, we knew we were in good hands, but this is when things got really exciting because we could see how genius and well-planned everything was. We just didn't have a clue. Um, some other fun things about it, uh, is that it was shot in five days and the, wow. it was That's shot chronologically cool. because, uh, they just had to do it. Like they can't spoil it for themselves. <laughs> so they had to do it in order. And it was in five days because the director's wife, like he wanted to shoot it at his house and the director's wife was incredibly pregnant and mm. wanted to have a home birth. Oh, wow. And so she was like, you can do the film in the house, but it has to be in five days because I'm about to have this baby. And in fact, the scenes where Emily is running around outside or all of them are running outside was happening while she was giving birth in the house. <laughs> so it's just like so crazy. Right? Wow. Uh, the the <laughs> actor that plays Amir, his name is Alex, he is a co-writer and was essentially like the mole. And uh -huh. he was there to help like them steer in some way so that okay. they could, the story didn't get too far out of hand. Um, there was only five crew members, uh, two sound guys, uh, the director of photography, and the director and producer. Yo, let's go make movies, right? Man. Yeah, it's, what? There's only two I have, cameras. We know five people. <laughs> yeah, we know how I mean, to do camera That's how films. we make every one of our short films. I know, but like, let's make this. Each short film has been three crew members. What if, but Gabe, stay with me. Yeah. What if longer film? What now? if big film? I absolutely agree with you. Long film, <laughs> big film. Um, the director had given them a direction. Essentially, said like, you can go anywhere you want. We will follow you. Right. But he said the only hard thing was that he needed to keep everyone quiet. And it was hard because there's so many of them. And there are times when uh, watching it this time with with you guys, I was like, it is really loud. Yeah. It's like there are parts where like they're all talking over each other because no one has the line, you know, like mm -hmm. so everyone's just throwing out whatever they can. And I remember being like, this is really noisy. And it. It really did feel like voyeuristic in that way because it felt like we were watching an actual dinner party because it wasn't so orchestrated because yeah. it was not, I felt like I was just it, I was at a house party where everyone's talking. It was funny. Yeah, I remember sitting there being like, I'm kind of stressed. Right. It was like <laughs> so, so much, much. happening. Yeah. They don't seem like they like each other very much. <laughs> why are they friends? Yeah, why are they doing this? Yeah. <laughs> so here's a so now that I'm done geeking out about how it was made, because that's my favorite favorite part to be mm -hmm. honest um the rest of it is really really cool and another reason why i, I watched it so many times is because there's all these little like uh and i couldn't find the reddit thread that i had found the first time because that had like the ping pong is this and blah blah, mm. blah and blue and red and all this stuff so uh essentially what why this film fits in with this topic is that these are friends who are having dinner and then there's a comet passing overhead and it it eventually comes to light or dark uh, that uh, now all of these different parallel or other alternate universes are um, at the same place. They're in this like, uh, what are those roundabouts called? Like cul-de-sac mm -hmm. is the same house. It's the same them. And there's an infinite number of them in other houses. And whenever you go into the black void, which is like the center of the street, because the lights go out, you... It's like a roulette wheel where you just get flung out into some other 
alternate universe version of your life in your friends, but you don't know. So mm-hmm. essentially, pretty much everyone is in a different house, <laughs> like is in the wrong house by the end of the Except film. Except for two people, right? But even still, actually not. Like Okay. Yeah, so it gets really, really where you don't know where they're from and how it unfolds is like really fun. Um, but essentially, one of the theories that I found from a Reddit user um, named Wow Bow Bow uh, has this like he has a few theories. I don't agree with all of them, but some of them. So one of them is that everyone that arrives at the dinner party at different times are from their own different dimensions. Like he says that it happens mm. before the lights go out because like comet stuff is already happening. Yeah. Like, because of, like, the the phones breaking and all that yeah. happened before the dinner party. But reasoning behind it is that he says because there's these conversations in the movie right from the beginning that don't add up. So, like, for one, um, when Mike, the character Mike, who is played by the actor, I'm totally blanking on his name right now, who actually plays, uh, what's his name, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Uh, states that he was in a show called Roswell. Which, the fact that he's saying he's in this show Roswell for a long time and was a regular is actually a joke to the audience that we are in a different universe from them. Yeah. Because he's he's from Buffy. Buffy. So it's like... Anyway, so he says, like, I was on Roswell forever. And Lori, who says she loves the show and is, like, a diehard fan, says she's never seen him on the show. Mm. So, like, right from the beginning, it's like, does she have a bad memory or does she come from the world where he did not go on that show? Yeah. Or maybe where he's on Buffy. Yeah. Right? Uh, Mike also comments about her yoga, Lori's yoga, and she denies it. And she's like, I don't do do yoga. And you said this when she's in the hallway with Kevin later in the film. She's mentioning how, like, oh, I had to do yoga. And it was like... This yeah. different Lori. Yeah, who, do, did, who do did do yoga. yoga. So he didn't misremember. So there's all this stuff where people are, like, misremembering things uh, or, like, things aren't adding up. And, and it's because they're actually all from different dimensions already. Like, mm-hmm. it's already messy, right? Yeah, I think, like, the first phone call, I would agree. Yeah. That that's, like, when it began because they got disconnected. She's yeah. arriving. He arrives separate. Mm-hmm. Everyone different who came, one. and they all came at different times. So mm-hmm. it's like, I would argue that um, Lee and Mike were the right couple at the beginning. But yeah. then Mike left pretty early. Yeah. So no one is with who they're supposed to be with. Anyway, uh, every de- decision creates a new reality and is not only because they walk through the dark. So uh, this user uh, says that the main idea that people have is that you have to walk into the darkness and then you get spit out yeah in a different one but he's saying like every single time like there are moments in the story that are also like the void so there are times when there's a blackout or there's like darkness for long periods of time and you'll see it all there's like these rules (laughs) to the film actually and so like it all like fits in together so it's also like decisions that are made also cause Riffs and and things to change, which kind of brings us to our next film when we talk about it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, there's so then the other thing is um, the ending. So again, spoilers, Uh, there's this big thing where throughout the whole thing, there is this uh, similar to, uh, unfortunately, Midsummer, where the whole thing was a breakup, right? Mm, uh, yeah. that's what this film is really and so from the very beginning the first conversation that M has with Kevin he, said, he says like we need to talk 
And then they keep saying things like their picture is cut in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, she keeps saying like, I'm losing you on the phone. She's like, yeah. I'm losing you. Or uh, I can't let you leave from the door. Like she keeps reiterating all of these phrases that are essentially like, I'm holding on to this relationship that you don't care about anymore. Yeah. And then also similar to Mr. Nobody, which we'll get into, she has not made a decision mm -hmm. to go with him for a month or to stay and pursue her career, whatever it is. And he, he even says like, at some point indecision is just a no. And yeah. she's like, I need more time. So her indecision is also like, spurring out all these different possibilities right yeah. so that decision is why there's so many different m's out there so in the end she gives up on this trash kevin in her yeah. trash relationship and decides to go pursue a good kevin because she knows that because this decision exists there is a a dimension or universe where she has said yes mm -hmm. and where they're good because yeah. she met one of them, right? So then she goes and looks, and she ends up finding uh, a good uh, Kevin, and then she, like, fights the good M, and, like, uh, well, she drugs her, puts her in the car, then NM, possibly this that one, could or be anyone, uh, tries to come back, and she bashes her in the head and then hides her in the tub. But whoever that was, um, before they disappeared into whatever um, in the morning left a voicemail for good Kevin explaining that this is bad M. Mm. So it's like this. Yeah. So at the end, you're like, oh, no, she's not so like this she's in trouble. This is the you've loved. Yeah. But it's like, but it is. It is uh, at the same time. Yeah. She just wasn't sure. And now she decided she is by murdering the woman you love. It's yeah. Fine. And now she can be the woman you love. Yeah. It's totally, it's totally the same. Yeah. I, uh, so um, another thing that I think is funny about the Schrodinger's cat thing is so mm -hmm. in the, in the story, they're explanation for what's happening is that they find a book on like quantum physics um that's you know super helpful during this time uh and uh it mentions the schrodinger's cat thing or mentions like the whole thing and so they spiral out and they're like this has to be the answer that we're well, like yeah. we're Every alive they leave dead. the house and then yeah. yeah so they have this whole thing and uh the director actually said that he thought it would be really funny because he was thinking of it as like a um uh what is the the trippy show? Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. That in the middle of the Twilight Zone episodes, they're always like very like, this is what is happening. <laughs> like, you know, a yeah. conversation essentially where there's like the big reveal. It's like, we explain everything. Uh, so he was like, it would be funny if they did that. And then it really wasn't the explanation. And that's the case. He says like, it, that's just what they clung to and they're completely mm -hmm. wrong. And they were just like, yeah, this is it. This is our answer. Don't let them have the book. Yeah. We'll have but the it's secrets. Like, it's pretty cool to see, like, the different versions of them. And, like, Mike's character is pretty great in, like, how triggering he is. Mm -hmm. um, their idea is to number themselves randomly with the Yahtzee dice. Yeah. And then use a random object in a box. Like, I would have never thought to do that. And I thought that was really cool. It was cool, yeah. Um. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like, what is this? It was a good time. It was a good film. Yeah, it is super good. Um, but we watched another thing. We did. We watched Mr. Nobody from 2009, director Jocko von Dormiel. Mail. 
A boy stands on a station platform as a train is about to leave. Should he go with his mother or stay with his father? Infinite possibilities arise from this decision. As long as he doesn't choose, anything is possible. So, like, rude. That thing that the parents did. Yeah. Really rude. You can't put that on a little kid. That's, like, it's not okay. Yeah. So... Uh, Mr. Nobody is a is a pretty beautiful film. It's a little yeah. trippy because it's, it's, it's kind of hard to follow. It's very long. It's very hard to follow. And so um, it does take a lot to like, but you get the gist. I think if you're mm-hmm. watching, you get the gist. Um, and so uh, essentially what we have is Nemo Nobody, who's our main character, Jared Leto, who is when we're seeing him, like this old man, and then he reveals that he has the wherewithal to know that he's lived all these different lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that he has signi- like le- lived sufficiently through every single option mm-hmm. um, at the same time. And, and so, his face boops. Is yeah, that his dim face boop. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll explain what that means. So uh, essentially because uh, there's, a, there's a scene where Nemo, as a young boy, explains that before you're born, you know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right before you're born, there's an angel that comes and uh, tells you, like, takes away that knowledge or, or shushes you and, like, pushes your mouth, which is why you have that little indent imprint on your mouth. And that is, like, you being silenced and you forget everything that you knew, which was everything. Mm-hmm. Um, except they forgot Nemo. And so... They forgot to do it to him. So he knows everything. Mm-hmm. And even like when, as he's going in some of the stories, he like remembers or predicts the future mm-hmm. because all the times are happening at the same time. He knows what's going to happen. Um, and so he is able to live and remember each one of these lives because he is different. And so as an old man, he's reflecting back and, you know, everyone's like, which one is it? Who are you? What is this? And he's like, I'm Nima Nobody. I am all of them. Uh, And so uh, he essentially, being someone who can remember everything uh, and live everything, is the Schrodinger's cat. (laughs) He lives in a world of indecision. Um, Because he's in this state of, like, he didn't make the decision to go with his parents or he, he did, right? Yeah. Uh, he both did and didn't. Uh, he exists both alive and dead. Like, in yeah. some instances, he dies as a child. Some of is a young adult. Some of them, he's older. Like, yeah, he is essentially the cat um, because he's stuck between his mother and father. And so as he lives through each life decision, his um, choices are are smaller and smaller. Like mm-hmm. He gets less and less amount of options to pursue uh, because that's just how life works. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're young, there's infinite amounts of possibilities. When you hit 30 and, and you just gotta, made a bunch. You gotta do what you got with what you have. Yeah, you're like, okay, I got three roads now. <laughs> I used to have 20. Um, My hair yeah. looks like this. It's gonna for now. I chose red at 15 and now, <laughs> now red is always I can't be other colored hair. It's just fine. (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, there's even like a a part where he, one of the lives he chooses is so um, against the realm of possibility. Like he chooses to like never leave anything up to chance. 
he will make every decision. He will be rich. He will have a pool. He will be married to the first person he dances with at the dance, blah, 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 blah. And so he does that in one of the worlds and he ends up married to Jean and he is suicidal because now his life is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, he doesn't have any choices, right? And so he ends up doing this crazy thing where he starts like uh, two-facing it, where he flips a coin to do decisions because he stopped making decisions. Yeah. He says, no more. I'm going to let this make decisions. And it results in his death. He does that and yes, man. It's like a combination yeah. of those two things. Yeah. And so um, there's a lot in this film that are pretty interesting, but uh, there's this quote that I think really ties it all together, which is every path is the right path. Everything could have been anything else and it would have just, it would have just as much meaning. So essentially it's like he, as this young nine-year-old boy who's trying to choose between his divorced parents, if he wants to live with his dad or his mom, he's like, which is the answer? What is the best route? And he's like, I've lived all of them and they're all right. Yeah. Like every single one of them is correct. If I choose any one of them, it is correct, which is why he still can't choose. Because yeah. now it's like he doesn't have like an answer, right? Uh, <laughs> so uh, essentially, like, uh, no life is better. They're just different. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, some sucked more than others, but I think like they all just had varying degrees. And it's all about like, if you lived that life, those things suck as hard as they're going to suck. Yeah. Right? Versus like, if you live that other life, those things are going to suck. Like you aren't living your life this way, looking at that life, thinking that one sucks. Like mm-hmm. you can't. Because <laughs> yeah, they're just so lens. different. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Essentially, because he doesn't make this choice, he's all that. I think there's, um, I was, I went down this like rabbit hole of all these different like papers that people wrote about uh, Mr. Nobody uh, in relating to philosophy. And mm. it was really fun. And I found some really interesting tidbits and then went and looked for my own stuff. And essentially, like, we had found it really interesting that in the film, when Nemo chooses to be with his dad, he ends up being really sweet. Mm-hmm. Not to say, like, when he's with his mom, he isn't sweet, but he's, like, exceptionally, like, nauseatingly sweet, too, like, in, yeah, in some ways. very passive, very much, like, just taking whatever life throws yeah. at him, because he... Also, he's, like, a he takes care of... Yeah, he's just, like, yeah, generally more... Uh, caring for yeah, people compassionate. Yeah. whereas like with his mom he's like mad at her and so he becomes spiteful much more angst yeah much much more angst so like we have these two nemos based on his reality which bring like so when you're you leave behind like uh this whole thing of like choice what is choice blah 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 there's a philosopher uh thomas nagel who essentially believes in what he calls the absurd um which is essentially that like we don't really have choices in the way that we think we have choices Mm -hmm. and that all of our decisions and choices are determined by arbitrary cultural factors so like we could have infinite amount but we're actually limited because of where we are and who we are in the world around us Mm -hmm. so it's like it's not really infinite it's really like actually quite limited and so um the you know, the choice between his mother and his father is almost like chosen for him because the choice is really an illusion. Um, yeah. Well, because he has to pick one, right? Yeah. And it's like, and uh, like he he's going to pick the one that makes sense 
for that world. Like, yeah. he doesn't really, it's not like this crazy, infinite, nothing matters choice. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say he never picks his dad because the one, his shoelace breaks. And he, he always runs up. for mom. Yeah. But I mean, he's a little boy and I feel like you don't, and she was always there. I think the way she turned out was very interesting yeah. um, and kind of sad. I think something that's cool is um, some of the symbolism in the, the film is, uh, like, color is a big mm. thing. So, like, we have the separation of the different women he ends up with, and he sees them as young girls. Jean is in a yellow dress, uh, Elise is in a blue dress, and Anna is in red. So uh, yellow is, like, the color of life and wealth. And when he's with Jean, he ends up mm. rich and famous. Or, not, well, rich and wealthy and whatever. Yeah. Uh, Elise is, like, emotional. And so <laughs> blue is, like, you know... Uh, all of that, like uh, despair and depression and sadness a lot mm-hmm. of times. And then red, the color of love for Anna. Yeah. So like, and those things come through all the time. But another thing that keeps popping up is water. Um, and so he lose, he comes to an end from water quite a lot. That's um, usually how he dies, yeah. So Elise has like her meltdown in the middle of their suburban world uh, while it's downpouring. Mm-hmm. And she, like she says like, She's drowning or whatever, and he says something like, our family will learn to swim. Yeah. Uh, his whole fact that, like, he can't swim is, like, this thing that's, re- like, recurring throughout. And it's, like, like he jumps in the pool, tries to kill himself in Jean. He jumps in the pool in the beginning to replicate Anna. That's where he first saw her was in the pool. Yeah. Uh, Anna, like, asked him to, to swim, and he either insults her or he admits what he's doing. Yeah, so, and then also, like, him meeting her at the, like, lighthouse where there's water. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> then picking up the water and pieces from the helicopter. Yeah. Like, it's just through there. And, like, water is always, like, this transition. Um, it could be something that's emotional. It's something that's torrid and uncontrollable. Um, there's, like, a lot that goes into what water means so there's a lot of that but I think like really what it is about is like that whatever life you live is the life that you're supposed to live and you know as we make choices we have less and less choices but the truth is we didn't really have any choices to begin with um and you just like know that whatever you're doing is correct yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like the whole other universes or, like, simulated reality versus not. Either one, whatever your life is, that's your life. You don't just get to pick new life now. Yeah, and even if you were in this other life, like, you wouldn't know. Like, you, the grass is always growing down the other side until you're on the other side, and that's just the grass you've always had. Yeah. You know? And then it's, like, nothing. <laughs> so it's really all just perspective. It just seems like it's better, but if you were there, it wouldn't be any different from what you're doing. Um, and I think that's what Mr. Nobody is saying. Okay, but like, what? <laughs> okay. Hypothetically speaking, our universe has mutant zombies. Okay. And then we find out there's a universe that, yeah, has a plague or whatever, pandemic time. Yeah. But that's not mutant zombies. <laughs> I didn't see my best friends and family members get eaten by mutant zombies in the universe that has COVID-19. So, so, so did like, we, mayhaps we mayhaps. live there now. Yeah. So if you like it, it's every path is the right path because that is the path 
that you're walking. And it's no more wrong or less wrong than the path you didn't. And it's if where you don't supposed to like be. it. It's uh, as told by Ginger. Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. I remember that. The, the song, dun, 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 dun. song I remember from that is I'm a little seal girl <laughs> in a real world. Remember yeah, that? I do. <laughs> That's all I remember. I um, loved As Told by Ginger. Was, I, I really I related felt. to Seal Girl. Very I much. related to Ginger. Um, <laughs> checks out. Yeah. So, uh, on the topic of um, uh, parallel universes, universe I. Yeah. How you feel? Yeah. I think my path is the right path. I think I just gotta go it. Just yeah. Live. I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. I like to think that there's a me who's lived different lives. I think they all have narcolepsy. <laughs> but you know, maybe there's the hypothetical scenario where I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Well, that'd be nice. I'd like to not have asthma. If we're picking illnesses that I suddenly don't have. Yeah. Asthma. Yes. Narcolepsy is just, we're fine. Let's let it be. Then that's it. Just get rid of asthma. That'd be a nice time. But I'm fine with the path that I'm walking now. I'm very happy with my life. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, this one is good. I mean, the one I've always had. Yeah. It's like, we're not taking other people's lives. It's totally fine. And I, you know... They say the grass is always greener, but, you know, it's all the same grass we're all here. <laughs> yeah, this grass is definitely green and not blue. Why would it be blue? That's weird. I don't know. Um, I'm just happy there's not a ravenous uh, <laughs> werewolf people outside, you know? I just don't want that. Yeah, totally normal thing to be thankful for you know yeah COVID-19 I mean I know it sucks but it's not ravenous werewolves yeah we don't want those that werewolves. we know about uh yeah I agree I think <laughs> parallel universe I you know I'm always for just like living a life you get because it's who you are like you would be different yeah like he was different he was always different and so it's like I mean yeah, I guess some people don't like themselves, but I like our ourselves. I like ourselves too. So, uh, what about for the films? The films are dope. Mm -hmm. I like my lives. Yeah, every path is the right path. Yeah, every path is the right path. These films are great. Uh, I mean, Mister Nobody's Long. Okay. funny yeah at the end we tweaked our thing we say <laughs> <laughs> it's not even good but i thought it was funny so that's what, what is it <laughs> oh, you have to share <laughs> um don't get married uh <laughs> I'm literally crying. You can just say you'll eat your kids. I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. The possibility of a different tagline. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just really nice. 
eyes here, you know, I like red light, but I just want to stay. <laughs> it's really a great life we have. Okay. It's <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, I like the movies. Um, I'm glad you like them. I, you know, I love Coherence, and I really, even if you like, um, yeah, I hope you watched it before you listen or watch because yeah. it's just so good, and it's good if you don't know what's happening, and then you read about it later, and you're like, they did what? How that what? And yeah, it's just excited. really well done. Yeah, so I love it. I love this series. I think we're having a lot of fun. So yeah. remember to like subscribe and like us, please. Yeah. I wonder if there's a universe where we're famous. That's this one, just a little. That's a little time. A little much in the future. Yeah, that's we'll all. skip. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, don't get married. <laughs> They'll beat your kids. <laughs> it's not better. <laughs> They'll eat them. They'll uh, take them to school. I'm on. They'll leave them at the train and make them choose between mom Don't get or dad. Married. You'll have to tell the kid to figure it out. Yeah. What an awful choice. How do you make that kid run for the train? It's like a, it's like a dog. When you're like, you both want the dog or a new girl with... Um, uh, Bathtub? No. Winston? No. With um Ferguson. Oh, Ferguson. And the lady, and they were like, come over here, Ferguson. And they have like treats in their pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't do that to a child. Yeah. Don't make like, the child pa- pick. Which parents do you love more? And yeah. like, and also not in that moment, like you didn't talk about this beforehand. You literally, he doesn't have a suitcase. I was like, you already made the decision for him. Clearly. Whatever life you chose, you either get to keep your clothes <laughs> or buy all new ones. And that's why he's angsty. <laughs> that's why he ran so far. They're in New York that's and all so he has is dumb. angsty There's way too many clothes. things to consider. And why couldn't he have both? I, it, Why'd she have to go so far? I don't it's understand. It's very much just like parent trappy of like, oh, you just never see them again. Your other parent doesn't exist once we get on like, this train. Her, like he he is sick or something. So it's like what he was there all alone by himself after that. Yeah. What is I don't know. All right. Well, that's enough. <laughs> thanks. Thanks Let's for go. the time. We got to go put away our uh, werewolf gear. No. I mean, put on our masks. Masks. We go upstairs. We can't go outside. Not for werewolves, (laughs) but because air and people. Gotcha, gotcha.